The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo. In light of findings that 74% of all B2B and B2C buyers do their own research online before making a purchase, it's time for you to better understand how your customers make their purchasing decisions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. We always say it, we always mean it, and we think it's true. Let's see what the buzz on the street is. Oh, my. Here's a quote from an author named Leila Gifty Akita. Her book is Think Great, Be Great. Aha, it's about a positive mindset. Here's the quote. Sometimes the experts forget they were once beginners. You must be gentle with beginners. They have great potential to be experts. There we go. Very interesting. So what are we talking about here? Well, Think Big, Work Small. We talk about SME, small to mid-sized enterprises. Could be startups. Could be something very small or on the verge of becoming what I call a big behemoth enterprise. So as your company grows, what's going to get you there? You need a steady flow of fresh content. Why? You need to attract and keep prospects, turn them into customers, keep them informed and connected so they become loyal and steady and you can count on them. However... Content development may stall if you don't have experts, if you don't have experts on subject matter to help you decide what the real value is of that content, to help it be fresh and compelling to attract the right people to your company and what you could do for them. Well, wait a minute. Where do you look for such a subject matter expert? Aha, the answer could be very simple. That person could be sitting next to you physically within visual contact or virtually in your company. You might not realize their expertise. They may not realize they have the expertise you need. So how can you make that getting together of expert and search for expertise? You need to identify them. You need to encourage them, develop them, support them, and turn them into your content rock stars. Aha! We have a panel of three experts who are going to help us figure out how to get this done. So this is a little bit of a primer or primer on our topic, empowering your people, developing the experts within. Let me tell you who my panelists are, and then we'll start speaking with them. In just a moment, I will introduce Matt Camp. He's a newcomer to SAP Radio. He is KAMP, if you're looking for him, Senior VP of Business Development and Marketing at Influence and Co. And we'll find out what Influence and Co. does. Uh, joining him on the panel, a returning guest, pleased to have her back. It's Sela Masirian, the VP of Marketing Strategy and Business Development at Brown Bag Marketing. And we'll ask both of them what their companies do so we can be refreshed. Rounding out the panel is a lady who's 
One of our most frequent guests on this series, Lisa Durrett, Chief Strategist and Founder of a new organization called Broad Insight, I-N-S-I-T-E. And a quick shout out to my colleague Lorraine Maurice at SAP who works with Lisa. And Lorraine is officially the sponsor of this series. So let's go around the table to Matt Camp. Matt has sent us a mm-hmm. quote that is frequently misattributed to Darwin. It didn't come from him. I'll read it in a second. The relevant, the earliest relevant evidence known to the quote investigator, my new best friend, appeared in a speech delivered back in 1963 by a Louisiana State University professor named Leon C. Meganson at the convention of the Southwestern Social Science Association. His address was published in the journal, Quarterly Journal of the Association. He presented his own idiosyncratic interpretation of the central idea outlined in Darwin's On the Origin of the Species. That's how they relate. But it was not a direct quote. Here is what Meganson said. It is not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent, but the one most responsive to change. I'm hitting the desk as I say that. Matt Camp, welcome to Game Changers. How are you today? Doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on. We are delighted to have you on. You can thank Lisa and Lorraine for that. Matt, talk to me about this quote. We're talking about experts' expertise, hidden maybe, quietly sitting there right near you, already on your team, and you don't know it. So what would Meganson slash Darwin say about this? Yeah, I, I mean, I really think this quote uh, applies very directly to uh, to our conversation today. I mean, in my mind, uh, you know, when, when you're saying most responsive to change today, I really think that means listening to your customers and, and listening to your market and uh, really understanding how you can possibly provide the most value, uh, you know, the most value you can bring to the table. And I think that applies to your business, you know, obviously as, as you're thinking about business strategy and direction, but then especially as it comes to content and what we, our conversation today, um, I really think the theme today is around, you know, how do you empower the people internally and how do you empower your people to, to, to become those experts within your company and really understand your customers and understand the market and that's where they're going to be able to use knowledge to create this content. And I think, you know, being most responsive to change today means utilizing that knowledge in your company um, to inform everything around growth. That can be, you know, your marketing team for content. That can be your sales team to understand how to better position your company. That can be, you know, really anything around, uh, you know, customer service. You know, anyone that has this, you know, talking to people outside of your company, um, these are, you know, on your own team, these are the subject matter experts that you need to be plugged into and talking to um, to really understand how to create content that is going to grow your company and, and you know, really understand how to inform your overall strategy and best you know, help become uh, you know, the, the go-to resource in your space. Thank you very much, Matt. As I look at the quote, I'm th- and while you're speaking, I'm thinking the change could also apply to asking your teams to be fluid in terms of, you were mentioning, it could be the marketing team, the sales team, it probably possibly could be the, the customer service team, it could be maybe the, the onboarding person in HR who could have a certain kind of expertise on a topic that pops up in your content. So there might be this fluidity. Would you agree with that, that people need to understand the yeah. role might be a little bit fluid? Yeah. Yeah, I think fluid internally and then even externally. I mean, anything you're doing on, on how you're positioning yourself in the market, how you evolve should be all formed around uh, your customers and, and how they're responding to, to what you do for them. So I, I think responding to that, ta- that change internally, uh, being fluid there as well as externally, how you're providing value is, is key. 
Thank you very much, Matt. Nice to have you, and we'll be learning a little bit more from you in a few minutes. And now I yep. turn to Salah Masirian, Vice President of Marketing Strategy and Business Development at Brown Bag Marketing. And Salah has sent us a quote from Jeff Bezos, or Bezos, however you pronounce it, Jeffrey Preston Bezos, an interesting in the Wikipedia uh, listing for his name, Salah. It says, nay, N-E, with the accent a goo on the E, and it's a masculine version of nay, meaning originally or born, Jorgensen, so I'm not sure what that means, but he was born in 1964. He's a young one, American tech and retail entrepreneur, investor, computer scientist, philanthropist, best known as the founder, chair, and CEO of Amazon.com, the world's largest online shopping retailer. And when the markets, the stock markets opened on July 27th, which was what, just about uh, four weeks ago? Jeff briefly became the world's richest person, surpassing Bill Gates with an estimated net worth of over $90 billion. But later in that day, Amazon's stock dropped and Bezos was returned to second place with a network of just below $90 billion. I'm sure he survived. Here is the quote Sella has selected. Sella, I, every time I say this quote or read it, I burst out laughing. It's so I think it's adorable, but you're going to tell us what it means. The quote is, if you can't feed a team with two pizzas, it's too large. Sella, how have you been? <laughs> I'm doing well, Bonnie. Thank you. I love the quote. Talk to me. What does it really mean? And, and where did you find this? It's adorable. Yeah, I love it too. I, and it's something I've been thinking about, um, even independently from from our group discussion today. But I think it applies indirectly. Um, I, first of all, I'm just a big fan. I should probably have Amazon Prime tattooed on my arm or something. But I, I just, <laughs> I guess, I'm in and around news from Amazon and Jeff. And um, I don't think he said this too recently, but it was kind of resurfacing about a month ago. And the premise is great, but it's basically, you know he doesn't want to encourage too much of this broad group thing. He really wants to have smaller, more efficient um, size meetings. And, and so essentially the more people you pack into the meeting, the less productive the meeting will likely be. And so his solution is never have a meeting where you, know, you can't feed the entire group with these two pizzas. So I thought it was just so practical, so pragmatic. And I, I think that speaks really well for small businesses, you know, even our company size, right? We're right about 60 people. So it's kind of this thing where, you know, you think the more people you pack in a room, the better, but you end up just stifling creativity. So uh, I, I think it's a good sort of guideline for, for all of us, right? And, and especially on this topic where you might be thinking about, you know, developing these folks to be experts and to contribute to content planning. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get them involved in planning and brainstorming, but let's also be really practical about it. I, I agree. And the uh, question is, what would you put on top of that pizza cellar? Are you a pepperoni <laughs> person? Or? <laughs> I am not. I'm a mushroom spinach and onion almost... To, to the same Ooh. order for like 20 years now. It's crazy. That's interesting. We used to have, I used to live in Eugene, Oregon, and one of, the, I don't know who invented it, if they did in fact out there, uh, Matt may know this or Lisa may know this, they had uh, pizza with pineapple on top. I think pineapple and bacon, but mostly pineapple pizza and other sweet things. And I said, Ooh, oh, pineapple and mushroom. That was it. Has anybody ever had a pineapple and mushroom pizza? No, I'm not. Be, be still my heart. Thank you very much. I don't usually do uh, menu takeout menus on the show, but I thought that was kind of cute. 
pineapple pizza, really? Okay, let's turn around the table to Lisa Durrett, who's been waiting patiently. She is the chief strategist and founder at Broad Insight. And Lisa has brought us a very interesting quote from Amy Poehler. Such a surprising quote that I had to investigate it. And in fact, it is from Amy Poehler, surprisingly, because she was born in 1971. Oh, she's way too young to be this smart. American actress, comedian, director, producer, writer, studied improv with Chicago's Second City and Improv Olympic, went to New York City and bingo, helped to co-found the Improv Troupe Upright, Upright Citizens Brigade. And she became very, very famous for co-writing SNL with her buddy, Tina Fey. And she has received, oh my, so many interesting awards. Star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame two years ago, 18-time Primetime Emmy Award nominee, and the 2016 Primary Emmy Award for Outstanding Guest Actress in a Comedy Series for SNL. And here's the quote. Now, this is very serious coming from Amy Poehler. Find a group of people who challenge and inspire you. Spend a lot of time with them, and it will change your life. Lisa, how are you? I'm good, Bonnie. Thanks for having me back. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm looking for the punchline in this. I'm looking for something funny, but it's such a great quote, Lisa. So tell me, what do you think Amy was talking about regarding our topic today? You know, when I saw this, I think she—I think this actually came from a graduation speech, if I remember right, that she did for Harvard. But I just thought it fit so well with what we're doing because I think so many times, especially for small businesses, it's easy for people to get caught up in, you know, having to, to do it all, right? And be the expert and do everything when you can look around. You have some more than likely very talented, very smart people sitting around you that are very knowledgeable about specific aspects to your business or your product. And so I think, you know, not only surrounding yourself with the right people, but then knowing that you can rely on them and tapping them to be those experts, to be that source of knowledge that you might need. Um, I think when you do that, you open yourself up, you, you expand your knowledge base, you strengthen your business, and at the same time, you know, you're strengthening the relationships that you have with your employees and you're empowering them um, to grow as well and showing them the value um, that you place on them. And I think, you know, in the days, I think it's, it's starting to happen again where people are inclined to move around a lot. I think being an employee at a business that where they know that they're valued and empowered to grow and stretch and, and kind of become more than what they may be now, um, I think will encourage them to stay longer and help your business in the long run. Very well put, Lisa. As I read this, I'm thinking I've seen it in so many recruiting ads over the years. Join our company. Be part of a team of people who will challenge you and inspire you and compel you to want to think bigger and outside the box and grow your career. This is often used by HR, isn't it? A paraphrase of this, of course, as a selling point for joining companies. Have you seen that too, that type of uh, come on? I, I think I've seen that, too, and it's not, you know, something very similar. I think the challenge, though, being a small business owner as you grow and, you know, is to actually live up to that. I think it's very yes. easy to kind of put it on a card, yes. but let's all remember yes. to walk the walk. Absolutely. Thank you for bringing that up. And I think that was my point was it's become almost pro forma 
wait till you join our team. You will have yourself in a position professionally that was beyond your dream. It's like, what are you doing to make that happen? And that's the point of our show today, empowering your people, develop experts within. So thank you for the great quote, Lisa. We're going to go around the table to Mr. Matt Camp. Again, if you're looking him up, Mm -hmm. it's K-A-M-P and his company is Influence Ad Co. And we want to talk to Matt about a couple things. Uh, Matt, number one, I have three questions. Number one, where are you calling from in general? Number two, what's in your cup today? What are you drinking right now? Or what would you rather be drinking that would really make you smile? Because you're smiling wonderfully in the picture I have here, so I know you're a happy person. And number three, give us a 60-second overview of what does influence. Am I saying it right, Enco, or is it in company? Yeah, How do you say Influence Enco. Yeah, that works. Thank you. I like that. It's got a nice ring to it, a little diamond sparkling <laughs> in there. So, Matt, tell me, where are you calling from? What do you love to drink? And what does your company do? Yeah, so I'm calling from uh, St. Louis, Missouri today. Uh, we actually, our headquarters are in Columbia, Missouri. I have a lot of ties to the uh, University of Missouri Journalism School there. Um, but in my cup today, currently I'm still drinking coffee. I have a, a nine-month-old at home, so uh, still getting adjusted in terms of amount of sleep. Um, but I'd rather be drinking, uh, see, I'm, I'm a, my wife is a huge wine lover. We actually, for all of our anniversaries, we'll go to like a, a wine trail, bed and breakfast type thing. Uh, I'm not a wine snob or anything, but I do love it. And I, I do love to travel. So I'd, I'd say really any kind of wine that is, uh, from that region, you know, like Missouri, we have the Norton grape out here. Uh, you know, we love international travel. So maybe a, a Chianti in Italy or something like that. But, mm. uh, yeah, would, would, would prefer that probably, but, uh, we'll, we'll see this weekend. Um, okay. I would say, yeah, and, and uh, I can I can jump right in for uh, I guess you know for overall influence and in kind of what we do, just to give a little background of what our perspective on the world and where we're coming from. Um, I would say you know we we help companies who you know big and small, everything from you know authors and fast growing startups to the Fortune 500 brands, uh, really help them you know tap into their knowledge. You know if they have a ton of knowledge in one you know in in a specific area, how do we help them? utilize that uh, to create thought leadership content. So content that is very educational, it's all focused on providing as much value to the reader as possible. Um, and you know, we, we think about the strategy behind that to tap into their full team to create this content. Um, you know, we actually help them create the content through interviews and that journalism skill set of telling a great story and asking the right questions and things like that. And then uh, distribution. So we, we work with over 1,500 publications that are all over the world from, you know, the Forbes and Inks of the world to, to trade publications to help these companies contribute articles there and, um, you know, build their influence as the go-to expert in what they do. And we should be doing that for over 4,000 byline articles this year. So, um, yeah, it's uh, really kind of content strategy creation distribution there. Thank you very much. Very good overview of your company. Pleased to meet you and keep smiling. I'm glad you're a wine searcher, aficionado who loves to travel. That's a, a great hobby. Let's get on a plane and go find a good wine. I like that very much, actually. <laughs> Keeps you busy. And at least you're not driving. We could add that, too, as well. Matt, thank you. Sela Masarian, where are you? What are you drinking? What do you really love to drink? And Sela, why don't you give us a little update on brown bag marketing? And by the way, your company is tweeting, unless that's you. And thank you for the <laughs> tweets. It ha- Thank you for hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. We appreciate all the tweets we can get. So, Sela, talk to me. Yeah, thanks, Bonnie. That's actually Nicole on our team. She's she's on it, so we love to promote others, and so um, Thank you. thanks to her for that. But we are in Atlanta, so this is um, an independently owned uh, marketing agency here, uh, right in Buckhead, if you guys are familiar with Atlanta. 
so Brown Bag is an integrated marketing agency. Our kind of three main areas are planning, creative, and technology. So um, there's usually some sort of mix of those three, and we just really like to solve business problems with various marketing solutions, um, usually across some sort of owned media, paid, or earned. So um, a lot of what we're talking about today, we've done a lot of within that earned media space where we're really trying to use content to you know, attract and, and convert and retain um, users, customers, buyers, whatever. So, um, so that's where I'm at. And I'm actually having a very light um, water with lemon because I had the biggest lunch ever. So if I stay awake, like God bless me, it was this huge pasta bolognese with turkey, which I think makes you sleepy anyway. So yeah, Bonnie, I'm going to have to go with the lemon water right now. It's a tryptophan that's taking effect, right? <laughs> right after a Thanksgiving dinner, just somebody give me a couch to lay down on. Thank you, Stella. So happy to have you back. But t- tell Thank us you. one quick question. Brown Bag Marketing, where did the name come from? Yeah, so our founder is Doug Brown. And so the name came from his last name. Ah. Um, but we love the sort of connotation of brown bag because it sort of harkens back to a day where you might have taken a, a brown bag lunch, you know, that maybe your mom packed or somebody or you packed. And, and there's something sort of just practical, pragmatic about that. And then you open it up and you hopefully saw a cookie or something that, you know, delighted you. And so it, it actually has a really nice tone and feel to it as a brand. And it's, it's actually worked really well for us as a style of a company as well. Thank you very much. Well, a shout-out to Nicole, who was tweeting. We appreciate that. Nicole, more, more, more. Everything Sally says, <laughs> I'll quote her or you quote it. I'm qu- I'll be quoting her roundtable statements a little bit later, and we already got her opening quote out. Thank you, and a shout-out to Mr. Brown. And Lisa Durrett, you're next. Lisa, where are you today, and what are you drinking, or what would you rather be? And tell us a little bit about Broad Insight for those in the audience who don't know your company. Sure. So um, I'm actually in Alpharetta today, which is just outside of Atlanta. Um, that's where we're based. And I am drinking peach tea. I think I've talked about it before, but, you know, mm-hmm. summer here is, is on its last legs. And um, I got hooked earlier this summer on peach tea, and so I've actually been making my own. So I get the peaches, I cook them down, I make this peach syrup, and it's really wonderful. So... I'm kind of holding on to the last days of summer around here. <laughs> I don't blame you. Now, Brad, Broad Insight, you started the company recently. I know you, when we first met you either early this year or late last year on Lorraine Maurice's series, Think Big, Work Small, you were with a different organization then. I got a new bio from you. So just give us a 60-second overview of Broad Insight, please. Sure. So Broad Insight is a marketing consultancy um, that provides integrated marketing support and training or marketing how-to for small to mid-sized businesses and startups. Um, We focus on empowering small businesses by providing marketing strategy, content development, and resources that they may need to um, kickstart their marketing or just take it to the next level. Thank you very much. How did you come up with the name for your company? So, kind of a play um, on being a woman-owned business first, but then also being able to provide broad marketing insight for companies that need it. So a little tongue-in-cheek in there. 
I like that. I like that a lot. And and it wouldn't have had the same ring as Brown Bag being Doug Brown. And so I like the, the play on the word insight. Very cool. So everybody, mm-hmm. well, Sella knows this and Lisa knows this. Matt, they don't let me anywhere near caffeine on radio show days. Today is a double header. I was on at 10 this morning and you know why. So I'm just drinking cool, clear water. I'm getting ready to move. I'm leaving New York tomorrow. Probably for good and moving to North Carolina after 31 years here in this uh, apartment slash office. And uh, all my straws are packed. So all I have in my cool clear cup of water, I've got just a couple of cups that haven't been packed. And I have a blue straw. I'm not sure why. It's not green for success and money. It's not red or pink for the beautiful sunny skies. not yellow for I don't know what. So it's just a blue straw. It's just going to have to be the way it is. We are here today with Matt Camp at Influence & Co. Sella Masirian at Brown Bad Mark Bag marketing and lisa Durrett at broad insight i-n-s-i-t-e our topic today empowering your people developing the experts within who is sitting next to you who is working across the desk or across the world on your team do they have those seeds of brilliance those kernels of subject matter expertise that they may not realize do you see something in them that needs to be developed are they already ready to go as experts and you just haven't asked them yet or they have and asked you a lot to cover. We're going to take a 90-second break. You can count them along with us, and we'll be right back when Matt Camp will join me to start the roundtable. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be right back. Kevin out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Studies have shown that buyers in today's digital economy are spending more time online than ever before discovering and researching products and services. As a result, it is critical for businesses like yours to learn how to locate and engage with prospects and customers in this digital space. Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers explores the impact of changing digital economy on small to medium-sized businesses. We'll define the challenges SMEs face to proactively connect with buyers on their digital journey and share proven strategies to put into action to be successful. Tune in to hear the experiences and insights of top sales and marketing thought leaders and practitioners as they discuss how the digital economy is reshaping the SME business world. Think Big, Work Small, presented by SAP, every Thursday on the Business Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers. Exactly. A lot packed in 
to the title of this show. We're talking today about identifying, developing, nurturing the experts within your company. Anytime you need subject matter expertise for your content, it may be closer than you think. Uh, Matt Camp at Influence & Co. is going to start the roundtable with me. And here's what Matt told me before the show, and I quote, To get on the radar of new prospects, you need to accomplish two key things. One, create a strategic message that prospects will find valuable. And two, reach them through targeted distribution. Matt, why don't you translate this for us? And then after you speak a couple minutes, we'll get Sela Masirian in and Lisa Durrett, and we'll ask for their thoughts on your topic. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, of course. And I think really those two things are key to really anything you're doing in marketing today. I mean, it's it's one, you know, that strategic message. So what, you know, what can you bring to the table that is unique and is going to give value to people? So um, a lot of that actually is utilizing your internal knowledge and utilizing those subject matter experts on your team to really be able to create, you know, content that really gives a ton of value to your specific uh, target audience and your specific, you know, person you're doing business with, whether it be, um, you know, uh, you know, even, you know, uh, fundraising with investors or people to hire or, you know, sales leads or whoever that outside person is. It's how do you create a strategic message that is going to really, you know, show, showcase your, your knowledge to them, really bring as much value as possible and then actually get in front of them. So the distribution side of that is how do you consistently get in front of the right decision makers and consistently talk about things that they care about. So that's where those outside conversations really come into play. You know, the, the conversations that across your team they're having with customers and leads and uh, even, you know, the onboarding process for employees, you know, whoever you're trying to build trust with and build a relationship with, it's how do you tap into the things that they find valuable? valuable? How do you tap into those subject matter experts across your team? And then how, you do, how do you distribute it, you know, effectively, whether it be through the written word, through video, through, uh, you know, audio, whatever that might be. Um, those are the two key foundations for anything you're doing um, around you know, growing your company and, and you know, marketing and becoming, you know, this go-to expert in what you do. Thank you very much. Very succinct and something we can work with here. Salem and Siri, and love to get your thoughts. Agree or disagree with Mr. Camp? Yeah, I, I would agree in terms of, you know, you need to tell the right story at the right time to the right people, I think is maybe a simple way of saying that as well. Um, and I, I might even go further to sort of say that, you know, the way we have to sell these days is the way people want to buy. So to the extent that you know how they want to buy, then you can kind of cater to their style uh, because everybody has different, you know, decision-making styles and different ways of thinking. And so if you can get that targeting piece right and really cater to their style, then you will undoubtedly have the right message or story for them. So it's almost working backwards a little bit. Interesting. Lisa, what do you think? I agree with um, what everybody said. Um, The other thing I would add to that, I mean, I think a little bit even more to what Sela said is, you know, different needs um, maybe within the same prospect that you might have. It depends on, you know, the different um, personas that you deal with. I mean, the CEO of one of your target uh, clients is going to have interest in a certain uh, message point, whereas, you know, your day-to-day contact or someone else within the company might have a different need. It may be the same product, maybe the same, you know, message that you want to get out, but you just have to approach it differently for each one. Um, I think the other thing, too, to remember is don't be afraid of sharing information. Um, mm-hmm. When you're talking about valuable information or tools, um, a lot of times I run into clients that say, well, I don't want to, you know, why would I want to write about that? That kind of gives it away for free. But really what it's doing is it's establishing you as a, 
as a thought leader, as an expert in that space or on that topic. And so a lot of times, don't be afraid to put that out there. You're not giving it away. You're actually um, firming up and establishing your, your place as a, as, a, as a thought leader on the topic. Thank you very much. Good points all. And Matt, I'm going to circle back to you and I have a question. We, we might pass it along to the others on the panel. The question mm-hmm. is uh, targeted distribution. Lisa brought up a good point. What's right for the CEO might not be right for the person in the finance team or let's say somebody on their, their buyer team or whatever it is. How do you get that targeted distribution? Are we talking only social media in terms of content distribution? Are we talking old-fashioned picking up the phone or email the old-fashioned way, the two old-fashioned ways? So how do you find that target to say, well, we have such expertise, we want to share it with you, Mr. or Ms. XYZ or Mr. or Ms. C-Suite? How do you know it's right for each of those people? Matt, let's start with you and go around the table. Yeah, and I think that's an evolving strategy. I think that's something where uh, as you continue to, to create more content and, and you'll experiment with various ways of distribution, uh, you'll, you'll see that. You'll see, uh, you know, if, if you're you know, properly measuring those things and properly attributing, you know, metrics around each piece of content, um, you'll see what's resonating with your target audiences and what's not. Um, I think that's something, too, where the goal is how do you consistently get out there where, um, you know, you're getting in front of the right people and doing that in a way that, um, you know, you're, you're doing it in a way that is very effective in terms of the, the actual message itself. So your, your knowledge is really what's going to make your company unique and special. And I think um, each individual conversation you have with a decision maker is going to give you insights into to how to deliver to them and how to, to speak to their pain points. So I, I would recommend, you know, keeping it a, a fluid strategy and then mm-hmm. not only that, but consistently trying to, to contribute to, to a variety of, you know, whether it be publications or, you know, using one piece of content and redistributing it in various ways, like through social and through a newsletter and through a publication and through a podcast and, and see which of these channels are really spiking and hitting and resonating. Great points. Thank you. Stella, you want to add to that? Agree, disagree, add, subtract? What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think there's a lot of different ways of doing it. I mean, I, I think it depends on your size of organization and what resources you have. You know, if you think about a lot of small businesses that don't have very large marketing departments, they may need to be pretty scrappy about this. And, and so I think a good, and I'll just say it's sort of a three-step process, could be really first starting to listen to what the the market is saying or what customers are saying. And you can do that in lots of really easy ways that are free, whether that's, you know, survey or just putting your ear to the social channels or whatever. And then based on what you kind of think is going on, you form some hypotheses and you make some assumptions and you think, well, I think this is the kind of grouping of people like a persona that might be interested in this message or that we've got something that really fits their need. And then the third step is that you then validate, you know, did that work? And you can also bring data back in there, that validation piece. And so, you know, targeting is absolutely a, a proven strategy. And I think the, the way you go about it is different for every size organization based on your resources. But a pretty scrappy way of doing that is really just that kind of listening, making some assumptions, and then proving that out or validating it based on what the data is saying. Thank you, Stella. Lisa, thoughts on this? I think we've got a good conversation going here. Lisa? I think so, and everybody said some really great points. I think the one thing that I'll kind of drill down on is something that um, Stella said, and that's, you know, a lot of times you you have the data, you can try different channels, but sometimes some of the the easiest way to do this is just simply ask. You can ask your sales team, you know, how, how is the tool being received? You can ask your clients or your customers, you know, how, how is it, how are we communicating with you? 
is it good? Do you want to see more of this or less of that? Do you, you know, would a newsletter be helpful? And if so, what kind of content would you like to see in it? A lot of times you're talking small businesses, and, and like Shella said, they don't have a, many times they don't even have a marketing department at all, or it's one person mm-hmm. who wears multiple hats. So keep it simple. You know, if you don't have the time or the resources, just pick up the phone or send an email and say, how are we doing? You know, what do you like that we're doing? What do you want to see more of? What do you want to see less of? Thank you very much. All good points. I promised our audience this would be a primer or a primer, depending on how you were brought up and how to do this, and I think we are living up to my promise. So I'm going to circle around to Salem, Syrian, and Salem. I'm looking at your notes you sent me before the show. It's some really interesting things, and I want to get back to focusing on the employees who might be those gems of undeveloped expertise or un, unheralded or unknown. And you say here, pro- proactively track employees who show a keen understanding of some aspect of your business, regardless of their place in the organization. You say they're probably not a typical contributor and partner with them to develop content. So tell me more. How does this process work, Sella? Yeah, so I, I think it, it probably varies, again, based on size of organization. I can speak to our company and some of our clients, but what I meant by that statement is that, you know, the people that have a point of view in your company sometimes aren't going to be the typical folks that maybe have a marketing title or are the loudest voice in the room. Do you know what I mean? But they are people that actually really have a deep level of competency, know a lot, are maybe having these conversations outside of your company are publishing on their personal, you know, channels, but they're just not really plugged in. And so what we have done is really sort of um, paid attention to folks like that. There's a a great uh, example of this. One of our software developers is a relatively quiet guy, um, but he shares really insightful things in our Slack channel. So Slack is just one of the ways that we're communicating, and a lot of people use Slack, whether you're, you know, two-person company or um, 2,000. And so... Slack's one of these ways that we kind of look around the organization and see who's sharing what. You know, are they sharing clever things? Do we feel like they have a voice? They probably aren't good writers. They probably aren't really, um, you know, polished or savvy to what the brand is hoping, you know, they'll be like. But but they are actually your experts within the company. And so, anyway, we kind of just really um, liked what this one developer was saying. He was um, making a point recently about how, if you guys remember when Google and Marketo had failed to do their domain renewals, um, it was sort of a big embarrassment for them. And a lot of folks were, you know, poking fun. But he made this really good point about, hey, we all have to – you know, pay attention to these things. These are some of the just IT paperwork stuff that, you know, people just forget about. And, and so it's a lesson for all of us. Anyway, we quickly sent him a note and said, hey, can you just share a few more bullets on that topic, which he did. Um, and then the, the marketing team basically took it, edited it, and we turned it around to be a really good, um, timely blog post. And so it wasn't something that was planned on our editorial calendar. It wasn't really, you know, something that was completely uh, a primary topic for us. But it was a great example of showing off a smart person within our company that had something to say and it was a relatively easy way of producing content and it, you know, relieved us from having to go through a a very lengthy planning, you know, experience and then, you know, approvals and rounds of development. So you see like that was just kind of one of these things where it all fell into place. It was very simple, but we kept our eye out for those folks that you wouldn't typically think are, are going to be contributing, but they ended up being a great contributor. Thank you. Very great, very great example. And Lisa Durrett, you want to add to that? Yeah, I agree completely with what Stella was saying. A lot of times, you know, you'll have someone within your organization who isn't a marketer by trade or may not be the best writer. Um, and whether 
they're posting, they're contributing to a, during a meeting, they are passionate about your company or about your product and know a lot about it. And so a lot of times, you know, you don't have to make them feel overwhelmed like, I need you to write this blog post or I need you to create a presentation for a customer. But they are more often than not very willing to sit down with you and give you the the knowledge that they have, the information, key points that you don't think about very often because you're maybe stuck with, uh, you know, always wearing the marketing hat and making sure everything, you know, is under the brand and it is perfect. But sometimes you take that step away um, and you'll be surprised where those nuggets of information uh, come from. Thank you. Also, very astute comments. Matt Camp, love to get your thoughts on this aspect of our topic, please. Yeah, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to say, you know, really define what an expert is. I mean, it's such a, such a subjective term, and it's it's something that there's not like an expert test and you pass it. No, no, you can be, you know, leveraged for uh, for, for you know, being positioned as a ball or whatever it might be. I, I think for us, it's about how do you give opportunities to your team and to everyone across your team. Um, we will actually use, so internally, we'll use something called the Knowledge Bank, where uh, it's a, a shareable document throughout the entire team where, uh, you know, you have salespeople on it, you have marketing people, you have, you know, customer service, you have all, you know, every aspect of your company um, who is contributing, uh, you know, in, into, uh, you know, even just a, a shared Excel sheet um, of, hey, here are all the things that I'm hearing that I'm passionate about that my, you know, people I'm talking to care about. And you're crowdsourcing this knowledge across your team and you're, you're empowering people. To, to really, you know, contribute their knowledge to the team as well as, you know, the, the people that stand out within that exercise. Um, we want to give them an opportunity and challenge them to, to really start creating content for a blog or for a video or for, um, you know, a guest-contributed article or things like that where um, it's giving them an opportunity to, to, to really grow into their, you know, like you said, grow into their expertise and, and really showcase that as well as um, really follow through with that job posting, like Lisa said, of, hey, we're, we're actually enabling uh, our, our, our employees to build their own personal brand and to get their knowledge out there. And it's, it's helping the company because you're getting all these subject matter experts pushed out there, uh, you know, consistently, but then also helping, helping your employees build their own brand and then, you know, really take it to the next level of, of you know, being able to speak as those experts. So I think it's a subjective thing that if you give them the opportunity and give them the tools, um, you'll be, you know, you will be surprised about who across the team is going to step up to that challenge. Interesting. I have, as the three of you are speaking, I have a question, you know, we've all seen in corporate dynamics or dynamics in any company, when we have the show-off, the know-it-all, the person, well, I've, I've explored, well, I've done that. Well, I know I, I did that in my last job. And, well, in my previous life, I was the chief, blah, blah, blah. How do you, how do you juggle the people who come forward too often with expertise and then pick somebody else? So, so Bob might be somebody who would say, well, I can do all that. And, you know, just ask me if you have any questions, Sella. And Lisa, you know, I'm your guy. And, and Bob really isn't that expert. And it's Mary sitting next to him very quietly who, who discovers that she's got a passion for something, maybe content development or maybe social media. Uh, any, any insights on how to juggle the feelings of your employees? Who wants to take that? Anybody jump in? I'll just sell yeah. it. I'll just say I, I think that that's where the marketing department can have some um, governance over these programs. Mm-hmm. You know, you certainly can't control fully. Um, I think we've seen you know that as one of the primary lessons around opening up your brand. You know, loosening up the control. But I, I do think that you can kind of turn that sort of enthusiasm, um, which sometimes can be annoying, but I think you can turn that into an advantage 
if you really, um, you know, keep them close, if you, um, if you do compliment them, if you do say, you know, really grateful that you're a part of this, you know, I, I think that feeds really into that sort of type of person. But at the same time, we try to give pretty equal billing to all of our employees that want to contribute. Um, so we have, you know, a blog program, a lot of companies do, and we really want every employee to write one post a year. And so we, we're of the Ooh. size where that's actually really, um, that's doable. So that means that, you know, you may want to write 20 posts, but you can't, right? I mean, it, it would be crazy um, for us to just give the, the, the microphone, so to speak, to just one person because we are trying to come up with a collective voice. So I think there are some tactics and ways to sort of mitigate those personalities. I mean, I totally agree, Bonnie, that those are mm-hmm. um, folks that, you know, nobody really likes to know at all. But, but if you do sort of manage that enthusiasm, they can be assets. I mean, you, at the end of the day, you need content and you need your employees to help you yes. out with it. You cannot come up with everything on your own, right? You've got to aggregate it from other places. So it's just, a, I think it's a management issue, less of a, um, a personnel issue. Thank you. Very well put. Matt, I think I heard you wanted to chime in on this. Yes? Yeah, it, it, uh, <laughs> I think uh, Sully did a great job answering that. I, I, I agree that I think it can be an asset for the company. I think that enthusiasm, you know, if, if harnessed the right way, can be used to, you know, like you said, create content to, to you know, utilize that passion to, to really, you know, showcase your knowledge and not just, you know, walk the walk, but uh, or no, not just talk the talk, but walk the walk, <laughs> and actually, uh, you know, use your knowledge to create great content that's going to grow the company and give your employees opportunities to, to build their brand too. And especially if you're a smaller company who, um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe maybe needs people across the team consistently doing that, then hopefully, you know, they, you know, they're they're using that, you know utilizing that for good and, uh, you know, you're creating a, a positive brand impression with people by utilizing their knowledge rather than, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, showing off internally. Thank you very much. And Lisa, in, instead of asking you to comment on this, I'm going to introduce a new topic. We have about six, seven minutes left till we go to our crystal ball predictions round. Lisa, you told me in your notes before the show something very interesting, a little method here. You say information growth has nearly outpaced the ability of individuals to absorb it. That's interesting. Today's workplace is a hub of activity, but much of it is busy and unproductive, and you offer what you call the three C's, culture, cues, and conversation for finding the experts inside your company. Lisa, why don't you take us through this? It's very interesting. Sure. I mean, I think we all agree, right? I mean, there's so much of the day-to-day that, that in my opinion, is unproductive. I mean, email, while it's great, can just... Uh, you know, consume your day, um, other things like that. And I think if if you can put three, you know, these three things, it doesn't have to be these three, but maybe start to think about it this way, um, you know, have a culture that encourages, like Phyllis said, they, they encourage everyone within Brown Bag to create one blog post a year. But have a culture that, you know, encourages your employees um, to to take that step out, to kind of, try and, and kind of broaden their, their view, become that SME and encourage them. You know, you have the ones that may be outgoing, but you there are also the ones that aren't, that aren't very, very uh, comfortable trying it. But encourage them, have a culture that recognizes um, and encourages people. Um, and if they need assistance, provide that assistance to them. The other thing is, is put some sort of way of alerting, you know, whether it's a cue um, you know, some way of identifying these workers and, and letting them know either, you know, those that are eager to become SMEs, that there's a way for them to come forward, a way to contribute that content, that information, and others, maybe there's ways for you to identify them either through 
Um, you know, maybe someone does uh, a product training, but they don't normally create um, content or provide information, but they're really strong at that. Um, maybe it's even one of your salespeople. Um, they're just really great in front of people. They're very enthusiastic about the company. But just have ways of identifying who those um, experts might be. And then conversation, right? So um, have a way of tracking skill sets for everyone within your company, um, not just about the product, not just about your company and their job and their role, but interesting things about them as well so that when a need comes up or an idea comes up, you can have that conversation with that person um, and and have that conversation and identify, you know, what potential co- content can come out of that. Thank you, Lisa. And I want to clarify one thing. You mentioned the term SMEs. That's S-M-E for our listening audience. And we very often talk about SMEs as small to mid-sized enterprise. Many of you out there call them SMB, small to mid-sized business. But for right now, for this topic, we're using SME to represent small, I'm sorry, subject matter experts. So there, just wanted to translate that. Matt, love to get your thoughts on this for about a minute and a half or so. Then, Sella, what about these three C's that Lisa recommended? The culture, the cues, and the conversation. Matt Camp? Yeah, it's interesting. I think a lot of those, uh, you know, a lot of those really apply to not only internally your own business and how you identify subject matter experts, but um, even externally. And I think, you know, the, the you know, showcasing your culture and understanding the cues in the market and, and even, you know, just the fact that there's so much going on. Like you mentioned, there's there's so much clutter out there. I mean, even from a, a marketing and content standpoint, it's something like 2 million blog posts are published every single day. So, the problem isn't the amount of knowledge out there. It's how can you create knowledge that is actually unique and truly giving expertise. And, um, you know, really, you know, like you said, you know, the, the power is with the consumer. You know, people are, are you know, approaching you over 50% of the way through the sales process and have really, you know, create, you know researched your company and, um, you know, consumed a lot of content. And the goal is how can you harness the power of those SMEs that you're, you know, within your own company to own that conversation and think about, you know, the strategic message and then the distribution to get it in front of the right places. So I think those those themes don't only apply internally, but even externally within your marketing team and, and how you utilize those SMEs. Thank you very much. Sella, love to get your thoughts on this. Yeah, I would agree, and it got me thinking. I don't, do you guys ever feel like you've gone through those and you've done the sort of identifying um, effort, but then it's kind of the development part of it and getting folks to almost feel like they have permission to contribute. Because what we have found is that, um, and this is with our clients and with our company, is that the, the organizations that have some sort of executive sponsorship behind it have more participation. Because you can identify folks that you think, gosh, they mm-hmm. probably have a really good point of view and they're super smart. Um, but, you know, if they don't feel like they have time to do this or if they don't feel like their boss is going to be behind it, then it sort of it, it, it ends right there. So I, I think that what we have found is that if you can have an executive sponsor it really provides some runway. So we've worked with really as, as executive as we can get on the client side, um, somebody that can be involved. Maybe they are also writing posts or doing some social contribution. Maybe they're a part of the recognition. So we have this thing once a year where we recognize the employee that had the blog post with the most, as we call them. So that's really just the most views mm. or the most whatever. Um, and, and it's literally like at our annual you know meeting, the company um, – will recognize those folks. And it's just, you know, with craft beer or nice bottle wine or something like that. But it sort of gives it a little bit more gravitas. And so I think working with executives, the department heads, to make sure that, you know, once you identify these folks, make it 
sort of easy for them or give them some permission to contribute um, because that's how you get the sustainability. I like that. Guess what? We are officially in the crystal ball prediction round, and that means, Mr. Matt Camp, you're up first. Matt, I can give you a whole whopping 60 seconds. I know you can't wait to use all 60 of them. Maybe a couple more seconds there. Look into the crystal ball at Influence & Co. and tell us, let's say if we were to meet again, three of us, four of us, oh, around 2020, it's only three New Year's Eves away. If we were to meet again, what would be different about this topic? Matt Camp, it's all yours. Crystal ball, 60 seconds. Yeah, yeah. I think it comes back to the the entire uh, you know the, the targeted distribution piece. So uh, you know, in my opinion, just you know, content and search in general is becoming more and more fragmented. Uh, you know, you see you know, voice like the Google Home and Alexa and things like that. Um, you can see you know VR, AR, and that's going to be a whole other world of delivering content and there's live mm-hmm. video and you know, podcasting has, has, has made a return the last couple of years. I mean, um, you know, understanding how to, to really cater to each of those fragmentations and uh, with your knowledge and then also understand, you know, which ones even have a commercial opportunity. You know, may, maybe you won't have an opportunity be, to be the first result within, a, you know, a Google Home, uh, you know, voice request. But it is going to be a topic of conversation and every marketer is going to try to figure out, hey, how do we continue to, to have our targeted distribution um, in the, in, you know, in the most effective place and the places that people are actually searching and actually are, are you know, interacting with. And um, I think not only that, but it's going to, you know, content's going to continue to evolve into other areas of the company where um, you see it within marketing and you know, in sales consistently now. But I think especially within HR and hiring and showcasing your company as this great place to work because you're, you're leveraging all these subject matter experts and you're, you're able to, to position a variety of people across your company to talk about culture and the things that make you guys different. I, I think, uh, you know, that, that in combination, you know, that message in combination with that, uh, you know, fragmented distribution is going to be uh, still a topic of conversation, uh, you know, three, three new years from now. Thank you very much. Very well put. Salamasiri, and I have 60 seconds for you. Go ahead. What are your predictions, please? So I think that employees who can combine their professional and personal brands, and you see this a lot with... Um, especially Gen X through Millennials, Gen Z. So I think that the ones that are willing to kind of go there, right, and not have such a separation of their their personal and professional brands, I think they'll ultimately more be more valuable to their company than other colleagues. I think they'll make more money, and I think the brands will be stronger for it. Isn't that what we all want? Thank you very much. And Lisa Durrett, I say, my goodness, Lisa, I have a bonus for you. Sela and Matt were so concise. I can give you 90 <laughs> seconds, even a little bit more. So use them well. 90 seconds, okay. Lisa Durrett, brought insight. <laughs> so we've been talking today about um, identifying the experts within the company. But I think as we look forward, we need to also embrace the experts that are outside as well. And that's um, I'm talking specifically around user-generated content, and I think if we look forward, um, you know, we've got this need that content, we need more content, needs to be produced more quickly. Um, I think more and more content is actually going to come from a user-generated side. Um, and so from a brand perspective, I think we need to embrace that, accept um, that we're maybe not always going to be in control of it, but at the same time find a way to work with it, Right. And so there's three ways I think we'll learn to or approach content, and that's creating, co-creating, and curating, right? So creating is your own content that you fully own. Uh, Co-creating is embracing that partnership with your user, with your consumer. Um, And then also curating is is where you have a user-generated content that you really like um, and embracing that. 
um, and finding a way to make all three kind of work together from a brand, you know, authenticity perspective. Thank you. I like that. We got some new terms in there. I like create, co-create, and curate. That's a whole other topic. I want to thank Matt Camp. Pleasure to meet you, Matt. You were terrific. Thank you, Selim Assyrian. Always wonderful to have you. And Oh, pleasure. Thanks, Bonnie. And Lisa Durrett. Oh, wonderful. And let's see. It's time for my call. We're actually a little bit early, so let me just do a little little commentary here. Uh, I'm going to be taking off for two weeks while I move. So you will, to our audience, you will be hearing replays of the best of the best of most of our series over the next two weeks. That's Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern on the Business Channel, Tuesday at 12 noon. You didn't know we were on that often. Tuesday at 12 noon, Wednesday, 11 a.m. Eastern. That's the Coffee Break Flagship Series, Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern, and Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern, which is this time slot. So we'll be we'll be replaying at our engineer's selection, uh, a whole bunch of shows. Hope you enjoy the replays. We'll be back live with more Game Changers Radio starting the second week of September. And we're introducing a new series on the 21st on Tuesdays, and it will be called Changing the Game in Life Sciences. We're going to talk about wearables and IoT and all that good health connectivity. So here's my call to action. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I want to say thank you for listening. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, right now, just like Matt Camp at Influence & Co., just like Selim Assyrian at Brown Bag Marketing, and just like Lisa Durrett at Broad Insight. Shout out to Lorraine Maurice. Have a great day, everyone. Talk to you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Life is complicated and sometimes we all need a little help, but don't have the time for a full hour-long session or don't know who to 